Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our podcast show today, episode 168. I'm talking to the delightful Eden Castile, and we are talking about recital alternatives, finding performances that our students are excited about, hosting exciting performances, and best practices for your music studio business right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, thank you. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to, to shout out, I, uh, I received some really lovely emails from some uh, colleagues in the Netherlands, as well as in tiny little islands in the South Pacific. It is so amazing uh, to know that, that my audience is everywhere. So wherever you are, I hope that your teaching season has started off on a good note. Ha ha ha. And uh, I'm really excited about this um, podcast interview. And I, I just want to take a moment and set it up for you. Um, first of all, I had the wonderful pleasure of going to the National Association of Teachers of Singing, the summer convention in July in Chicago. I had the amazing opportunity to present um, about uh, the thing that I'm passionate about, which is uh, play-based learning and working with children in the voice studio. And, uh, but when I was there, one of my, one of my objectives, my evil agendas was to get as many interviews, uh, with my colleagues as possible, because there's just something really special about sitting down face to face and talking to your friends about the things that you love. So, um, this is one of those conversations. So, uh, Eden Castile has actually been a guest on the Full Voice podcast. Um, she was on episode 127 with our friend Wendy Jones, and they were talking about low latency technology. So um, that podcast happened, uh, I guess we were probably six months or so into the pandemic, and so many of us were teaching online. And Eden and Wendy did all this amazing research and work and testing, and they they started to really uh, have great success with low latency. Now, if you are like me, and you are still teaching online, the technology that uh, Eden and Wendy talk about in episode one twenty seven, um, it's still it's still out there. People are still using it. Now there are of course new platforms that have better latency than some of our standard uh, platforms that we've all been using. But uh, if you if you're looking for some more information about really fabulous online teaching recital performance experience, I want you to check out episode 127, and that's with Eden and Wendy. Um, but Eden. I want to just share something with you. Eden not only is an incredible performer, an amazing teacher, but she truly has a unique studio. And I wanted to just read something from her website because I love this. So uh, on her website, Eden has a has a page and it's called, it's called Who Sees the Star in You? I Do. And on this page, she goes to say, you don't need a recital. I don't do recitals. I create real life performing 
opportunities closer to what you actually want to be doing. I host showcases, live streams, happy hours at my home studio, live karaoke, and fun open mics. I'm right there with you playing keyboards, directing the band, and literally backing you up. And she goes on to say, Recitals are fine for classical singers. I've done plenty of them. But for most other kinds of music, live performing is the best way to develop your own songs and your own style and possibly your very own show. I love that. I love how so many of our colleagues are truly highlighting their special skills, their special sauce, as we sometimes call it, our superhero skills. And we are creating unique experiences within our teaching studios. And friends, this is what we talk about in so many of our podcasts about finding your ideal client. Well, in order to find your ideal client, you need to honor your strengths and your passions as a teacher and as a performer. And I think um, Eden just does that so beautifully. If you haven't checked out The Eden Show, you can see her performing on Facebook. She also has a YouTube channel. You'll get a sense of the the fun that she has with singers and performers of all ages. And I, I find, um, I find talking to Eden and, and I watched her performance or her workshop, her presentation at Nats. And she is a performer through and through because instead of just doing a lecture with a PowerPoint presentation, she actually composed parody songs that she performed through her entire presentation. It was stunning. So I wanted to just, uh, I just wanted to set that up so uh, everybody uh, knows what an incredible person Eden is. And uh, without further ado, Eden Castile. Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing air quotes because you're actually sitting across from me, which my <laughs> listeners can't see, but it is delightful. Eden Castile, how are you? I'm great, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Eden, I've wanted to talk to you for a long time. First of all, you were a fabulous guest. Uh, I think it was season five. And you and Wendy Jones were talking about low latency technology. We did. And that was a huge uh, podcast because everybody was really struggling back then. That was pretty much beginning of the pandemic that we were talking. It was. And actually, I listened to that like uh, within the past year. Oh, yes. It just popped up in my feed again. And I listened to it. And I thought, oh, probably none of this would hold up, right? No. No. no it all held up. And I'm so glad it did. Yeah. We forget what we say on your beautiful podcast. <laughs> I forget what I say. Yeah, and, and realizing that people would listen to these years from now, mm -hmm. and you hope that the information is still valid, and and just listening and the, the examples I gave, I'd forgotten mm. how, what 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 an intense time that was oh. when we were in it. But I was so glad. I I think that the things I say, I still say to people. Oh, so that was a relief to hear that. Uh, you know, I, and you bring up a good point because yeah, we're going on to this is season seven, and I I mean there's. I've gone back to listen to some of the very beginning ones, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? But uh, I, I also have to thank you because you introduced me to Anne Baltz's Opera Works 
attitude, gesture, and movement cards. Aren't they great? And that introduction actually led to Anne and I connecting um, because every time I do a teacher's workshop, I always show videos of my kiddos online having an absolute riot mm -hmm. and seeing a very stressed out, sad little girl turn into an, a completely engaged little girl with just a little tongue twister and some, some expression cards. And what happened was every time I did a teacher's workshop, Anne would get like all these orders from around the world <laughs> and then I got this delightful email she's like so I've been talking to my colleagues and I was wondering where all these orders were coming from and I hear that it's you because people would tell her where they found them so Anne and I connected she was a guest on the podcast and she she's a brilliant woman I hope to get to meet her in person someday her energy and her her kindness just is something else and I know many people that have done her opera works program that just really changed their lives I admire anybody who improvises like that I know I love improvising and I love musical improv and I've only seen videos of her doing her thing but I totally get her <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think when we meet it's going to be really fun you're going to be you're going to be soul, we'll soul be sisters we yeah. could like I am if you're listening I think we could do like dueling pianos, Mozart, Verdi style, Puccini style. Oh my God. I'm just throwing that out there, Anne. I want to lobby to see that at the next convention. Here we go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I'll, I will reach out to Anne. Um, but, though, so thank you. Thank you for that recommendation. I think I was asking you what your favorite warm-ups were and you pulled out the cards and, and I immediately bought them. And they, again, one of the tools I used through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But today, we are talking about recital alternatives. And I wanted to just congratulate you. You did a, an incredible presentation here at the convention. Friends, Eden got up and sang at 10 in the morning. Her Well, first of all, a whole bunch of crazy, challenging songs. But really, the one that blew me away was She Used to Be Mine. Although your parody was It Used to Be Fine. It used to be fine. And I was like, when you started playing it, I was like, you're going to sing this at 10 in the morning. <laughs> and right there, I was like, you are incredible. But I loved your, your presentation. Touched on quite a few important things that happen, I think, in everybody's studio. One being that performance opportunities are really important. Yes. And the traditional recital format tends to be problematic. That's the nicest way I could put it. Yes, it's limiting. Thanks. There's another word, limiting. And we've all done the traditional recital. Yeah. I was classically trained. I started as a piano player first, so lots of little recitals. And, yeah. and I loved them at the moment. Um, but the thing I remember most about them is going out for a shamrock shake at McDonald's afterwards because it was always in March. Mrs. <laughs> Norris had her yearly recital in March. I remember all the rehearsal I did leading up to it and yeah. being proud of the job I did. Don't remember a thing about what I did, of course. Uh, but I think I, that to me was probably the most positive traditional recital experience you could have and remembering the dessert. <laughs> but... What prompted me to do this was I, I see online and a lot of um, you know voice teacher forums and just music teacher forums so many questions about recitals yeah. and sad stories. I can't get them to sign up. 
uh, they're dropping out at the yeah. last minute because mm -hmm. there's a conflict and they didn't tell me. Uh, jockeying for the front row with the camera. Uh, they want to leave because oh. they, they say they have to get to something else. Right. And I read those comments and I think all of that is code for this is not working. Yes. And they have no other alternative mm -hmm. because I rented this church, you know, a year ago or they can only give me this date. I have to squeeze everybody in. Yeah. So basically you're taking all of these singers and you're the kind of songs that they're doing in a church or whatever might not be done in a church any other time. Right. Like, hey, big spender on the <laughs> altar. I, that's, that floors me. So I, I, see, I saw a whole bunch of questions mm. and not really good solutions. And I mm. thought, oh, I think I could really talk about this. Well, I it was a, it was a very helpful uh, presentation. I I think I, I everything you said there I have experienced. You know the last minute cancellations and how how defeating like that's just so heartbreaking for a teacher. You've put in all this time, and the recital is so much a showcase for our students, but also for us. Like it's how we promote our studios. So I mean. And I know that if my students don't have a performance opportunity, it's likely that they're not going to stay in my studio for very long. They'll go. I think, right? and this happens in classroom settings as well. This happens yes. anywhere where you do this kind of recital. I think the worst one I ever had was um, a bell choir. I was in charge of a bell choir or something, and wow. we were doing a performance. And then the parents notified me the day of that they were punishing their child for not <gasps> getting their homework done by not participating in the recital. Wow. So in one fell swoop, they killed the entire thing. It just never occurred to them. That it was, kind of, we needed the G-bell, right? Yeah, yeah. And it has sent so many wrong messages. But I had also not helped because I had made it dependent on being there on that one day for one that, that one time. Mm -hmm. So it was just a perfect storm of misery, right? right? But that happens a lot when you put all of your eggs in that one basket and you put all of that emphasis on that one day and that mm -hmm. one three-hour time period. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the problems can stem from that. So, the, so there's many solutions to that issue, though. And the other challenge when you do that is, yeah, it's three hours. I love music, but I don't want to sit in a church watching even my own students. Nobody does. We wouldn't want to do that in a professional thing. Right? Without beer. But <laughs> That might be an opportunity. Although, hmm, that could open up some Maybe other... not for the kids, but I think, how do you get through a Bruce Springsteen concert, right? Because he's famous for doing like three or four hour shows. Right. You don't get through it without libation. Right. <laughs> so, and that, you know, kids have short attention spans and there are a lot of things going on. And recitals mm -hmm. do tend to be at the time when everything else is happening. Mm -hmm. So don't fight it. Yeah. You know, work with it or give an alternative that actually works better. There's so many ways to solve this that benefit the students and the families and the teacher and the job. Now, you have, well, you have a lot of wonderful opportunities, and you discussed some of them at the presentation. Uh, can you give everybody some ideas? Let, let's get some creative ideas going for our teachers. I call my recital showcases. So yes. I don't call it recital number one, which suggests um, formality. Right. Right. Um, I will do a, I do have some who do classical pieces or folk pieces, uh, but I'll make sure that it feels more like a, a slight band concert. Nice. So I started, I had students who were doing more pop songs, but mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily want to do karaoke, although that is an option. Yeah. So I found a, you know, a drummer who I'm married to and a bassist who's my son. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. My husband is going to be editing this and he's going to be like, yes, I have played at many recitals. So shout out to all the spouses yeah. that are wrangled to either do sound, logistics, 
or play for our students. Thank you. We appreciate you. And I fired him after a couple. I got a better no, one. No, you didn't. <laughs> he had he had opinions. Oh my goodness. No. No, you can't have opinions. So, but I did appreciate that. And it instantly changed how my students performed because it felt more like the kind of singing they wanted to do in real life. Oh. I wasn't aware. I thought I was giving them um, some, some per experience on the way to doing what they wanted, but it really uh. was not at all close. It was like, and this was much, much closer. I also held it in a music venue mm. so they could have the thrill of being at a place where they might end up performing. So where did you, so what was, what venue was it? For me, it was very close to my house called Pump House Music Works, which is a little listening room about two miles from my house. Brilliant. And I had never been there before, and I just contacted them. And they did a lot of, you know, guitars, things, and open mics. And I said, have you ever had, like, a studio recital there? And they were willing to take a chance on me. So I did it on a Sunday afternoon. Right. And But we got up on stage, and I still had kids playing little plunk, 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 but it's so different. Yeah. And doing it in that kind of a space. And there was beer and wine available. Right. So the parents who really needed help could get a <laughs> glass of wine <laughs> while they were waiting for the kid to perform. And, and it wasn't three hours. It was far shorter. Um, you know, yeah. I, just what you said there, although jokingly, that is, a, that is a thing. I don't think teachers realize. If, you, if a parent has a nervous child that is anxious about performing, life at home is very stressful right if your child is not happy you are not happy and managing that and parents are just as nervous to see their kid get up there and so if you can do something fun like that maybe maybe not alcohol necessarily but but still like being able to enjoy i mean one of the one of the big changes that i did which was so simple but we we had a sound system in our church, and it was a Presbyterian church, so you know you could pop music was cool. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a Catholic church, but we I would find I would pull my students, and I'm like, "What's your favorite tune right now? What are you loving to?" And I would get this list, and I would create a playlist. Yeah. And then when they were coming in, and then I also asked parents, "What what does your mom listen to? Oh, she loves the Beatles. Done. So right. Smart. Pop up music. Pop right. Mm -hmm. Right. And then just just and. That alone, instead of everybody sitting, like, ready to die. Waiting for the execution. And I'm just going to say this because I know they'll never listen to my podcast, but I had to argue with, with some of my local uh, uh, teachers on the, on the, the music uh, association committee because I suggested this at the, at the branch recitals. I'm like, it's really nerve-wracking for the families. We should play music. And they're like, oh, you don't play music. What? I know, right? And I was like, y'all ain't paying attention to how your people feel. Are they afraid that the music that is piped in will be so much better than what the kids play? No, they were looking, they wanted that formality of the silence before. I know, right? Because It's know. not a church service. Right? Right? You can have reverence when reverence is called for. This mm -hmm. is not the time that reverence is called for. I, okay, in certain recital situations, like a grad recital or a, you know, an sure. undergrad, then you do want silence between the pieces. We're not talking about that. No. There can be perfect times to have that. I mean, even Blossom Deary wouldn't play in like you know bars or noisy places because she really wanted to give a concert. Right. So I understand, and you can have some control over that. And there are times to have those kind of things. This is not this. And Blossom Deary had that sweet little voice, like yeah. you'd want to like. 
really listen. Yeah, yeah. She, she needed listening rooms. Right. A lot of performing can do really well in kind of a more listening room environment. Something that's more intimate, yeah. and churches can be cavernous and big, mm-hmm. right? And you can still have, you know, decent sound quality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, do it in somebody's house that's got a good living room. Yeah, I did house one. concert. Did you do a house concert? Several. What really spiked this was I had a student named Kathy who uh, has a disabled daughter. She care- takes care of her daughter full-time. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to sing and do things. And she had been a singer before her daughter's accident, which led to needing full-time oh, care. And so Kathy came to lessons. It's kind of like, you know, therapy and fun and things like that. But she had a good voice. She did, does ballroom dancing as well. Wow. She does artistic things that feed her soul. Right, nice. She's a joyful student, so much fun to have. But she couldn't really ever participate in recitals. Right. She didn't have the kind of time to be able to lead up to a preparation for that. Sure. Let, and she couldn't get care for her daughter. Mm. Her daughter had a has a you know hospital suite in her house, mm. right? But she has a nice house, and she had a nice living room. And I just joking in a lesson, wouldn't it be great if we could just do this in your living room sometime? And we both got really quiet and looked at each other. And she said, "Come on over and see." Oh my gosh! I came over to her house, and she has a beautiful living room with wooden floors, and she had a piano in the corner. <gasps> she had never told me about. <laughs> I said, "Okay, we're gonna do it here." Beautiful. You love to dance. It's going to be a dance party. Oh, Eden. And this is for you, Kathy. This is for you. So I pulled my studio. Who wants to come and sing at a dance party in Kathy's living room? Twelve. Singers wow. said, yes, I want to. I said, we're, just, we're going to do songs that they can dance to. That was the theme. Songs you can dance to. So she rolled up the rugs, took the furniture out, put out a potluck. She's Italian. Yeah. The food was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. That is a yeah. dream, a dream performance. It was so much fun. And then I played in the corner. Husband played drums. Son played guitar. Hired another bassist, hired a sax player. We were the dance band. And we just set up a couple of mics and a couple of speakers. I got it filmed because I knew it was going to be a special night. And people danced in her living room. And the nurses brought her daughter down so she could watch. Oh, Eden. It was so special. And we had such a good time. They all had such a good time. We had group numbers. Um, two of my singers dressed up like the Blue Brothers. Blues Brothers and did. Oh Everybody my. needs somebody to love. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. And then she, of course, finished with Twist and Shout. It was, And she sang. She performed. And we got done. I packed everything up. And I went out to the, you know, my car. And I sat there and I made a little video for my students. And I said... I will never do a traditional recital again. Oh, Edie. Not when we can have that much fun together. It wasn't everybody in the studio. It was those 12 who were available that night. But they were committed, they were invested, and oh my God, we had fun. So then it was, how much more fun can we have? What else can we do? So that was the house one. I started doing versions of that in my house. I have carpet, so it couldn't dance. Mm. But um, I would call them live from the living room. Mm. And I would bring in a small band, and I would have people sing in front of my piano, but we'd have a sound system, and we would do a recording, we'd make video. But again, the pressure was down, it yeah. felt intimate, they still got to sing, and I said the model is kind of like, you know, the Playboy Clubs from the 60s or something. <laughs> you walk in, there's food sitting on the table, it's potluck, there's some alcohol in one corner, and then for the kids, very expressly, if I had underage kids, the Cokes are over here. Nice. You do not mix. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol is far away where they can't get to it. Right. But it was fine. Yeah. You know, bring your parents. Yeah. And you can go and sit and talk over here, and you don't have to be reverent. And then when you're checking in for this part, you come and you watch and you cheer a person on. Mm. So it takes a lot of that pressure off. I love that. I love that. But the happiness up. Okay, people can't see us, but we're like wiping tears away. I'm wiping tears away. Eden, mm. the, the opportunities you've given are so beautiful. And like, like. We all have Kathy's. 
We do. And we have people who are scared. Um, yeah. I get teenagers who've, who long oh. to be singer-songwriters, and they've been doing it on Instagram for a year. But they've never been with a band of any kind. Mm -hmm. And they're terrified of getting up and doing that. But they also know that's kind of the next step. Yeah. Or I know it's the next step and they kind of know. Yeah. So it's how can I help them take that next step and realize it's okay. Right? All those things that I wish that I gotten to do. Yeah. And did get to do a little bit. Mm -hmm. So traditional recitals do not do it for them. But there's so many other ways to do it. And I know there's a teacher who's saying, I, I can't play. Eden plays. Right? I did play. But you have people who can. Yeah. And this is worth it. I couldn't play all the band instruments, right? And I couldn't always get my family to do it for free. So I started hiring people to do it. The singers were willing to pay for that experience. Yes. And when yes. it was a group, it took the cost down. Yeah. So they pay me in showcases for, you know, as a group, we rent the facility together. We charge admission. Mm -hmm. We um, hire the band, and the band comes and rehearses at least once or twice yep. prior to it. I call them rehearsals happy hours. Happy hours, that's brilliant. Take the pressure off yeah. and make those rehearsals as fun as possible. I also used to do a kid's musical. I, I wrote it. It was a little historical musical. Mm -hmm. And the kids needed to do a dress rehearsal, right? Sure. Anywhere time you have the word rehearsal in, the stakes go up, right? Right. So how can we make this easier for the kids to do the dress rehearsal? So the night before, we invited all the moms, and all the moms brought booze. And they brought, you know, snacks for themselves. Right. And they sat and watched the rehearsal in the oh. front, right? So they under they, the pressure was off of having to catch their kids doing it perfectly that one time. Too. Oh, nice. And they clapped and they cheered and it became a and, social event. And it became the energy too, like that they would that they would experience in the uh, that is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And the kids felt it and they were so thrilled to get to perform it. The audience was supportive and wrapped. Mm -hmm. The moms still got to talk to each other and got mm -hmm. to relax. And so it combined so many things, right? Mm. One of the things I saw online <clears throat> When somebody was asking questions about recital, she was having a bad recital experience. Yeah. Had somebody pull out at the last minute. And I decided to wade into that, and I never wade into these debates. But I said, why are you doing these? You know, what is the purpose of this recital in your studio? Because yeah. I was trying to get her to see this for herself. And she said, the purpose is to show that people have accomplished something, and is to build community. Yeah. I thought that was a great answer. Yeah. And I thought, okay, now do the next step, which is you can do that any way you want. Yeah. And it's a great goals. And so I thought about that, and I think that's exactly what we want to do. Build community mm -hmm. and show off what they can learn. Yeah. That can happen in some Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki, and I just wanted to take a second to tell you a little bit about Full Voice Music. We are a small but mighty publishing company from Canada, and we specialize in resources and music for young singers. We have the absolute pleasure of working with composers and music educators from around the world. If you visit our website, fullvoicemusic.com, you can actually download free sample lessons from many of our resources and actually try them with your students to see if they're a good fit. And I want to shout out to all of you who are supporting our composers by purchasing single song downloads or our new songbook, Songs and Studies for Kids Introductory a. If you are enjoying our resources, be sure to tag us on your socials at The Full Voice. I love to see what you're doing in your studio and we love to celebrate your students alongside you. So friends, fullvoicemusic.com. I'd love to see you try some of our stuff. 
show off what they can learn. Yeah. That can happen in so many ways. I want to circle back to what you said about um, uh, paying, uh, like, a band. So, <clears throat> for my listeners, I am not, I'm a functional piano player, and I don't, especially when it comes to, like, crazy musical theater stuff. That oh, yeah. is not my, I, I don't play. And, plus, full disclosure, I am a, wreck nervous for my students so I would just not be able to focus but I we we did the same thing we started using a band for recitals and we had the facility the church that my husband was the music director at had sound system microphones like everything we needed and we would always just ask for donations instead of charging a like a, a like a fee to attend but I did charge everybody a musician fee. I said, look, you are you have the city's finest musicians backing you up, and this is their livelihood. And it wasn't cheap, too. It was like, I think I charged everybody 50 bucks. Good. And, and I was able to pay my musicians, like, for properly for their time, for rehearsal, and for the performances. No one in my, st- like, no parents ever gave me a hard time about that no one said oh we're not why do we have like it was like oh yeah we get this amazing opportunity we're happy to support them mm-hmm. right those are the shareable things online too right because that quality just goes higher mm-hmm. and again it's more like what they're probably going to be doing later in their career yeah. even if you're preparing full-on opera singers guys um, chances are they're going to sing for tips in the bar at some point and they're going to do an open mic yeah, and I love the fact that they're getting the opportunity to actually sing with microphones and sound systems. That is like a life skill for a singer, no matter what you sing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have somebody shove one of those in your face. And I have seen many people, some of my dearest colleagues, not manage the microphone amplification well because they've never had that experience. Right. right? Well, like an ice cream cone, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> that is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, okay, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you a few more questions. So in your presentation, you talked about uh, the survey, the getting feedback from your students and why it was important and how you did it. And I thought that was a really helpful uh, strategy and something that probably teachers might be reluctant to do, but can you just give everybody a little... I was too. Actually, at one point I considered becoming a, a group a piano teacher. Oh. And uh, as a, on my journey through whatever I'm doing, and that person was Daniel Patterson, who has a thing called Grow Your Music Studio. I think he's based in Indianapolis. And I took his class. It was on my way to finding Michelle Marquardt DeVoe ah. and Speakeasy Cooperative, where I was looking for more music business training. Mm-hmm. And he's great. He's a great guy. Uh, and he was the one who recommended it. So credit where credit is due. Uh, he said, you really need to know what your students are thinking, and you can't really know just by asking them to their face. Ah. You can't just say how we're doing right? And the recitals are actually just one part of the answer of how we're doing, Mm. right? So that's how the students are doing, but that's not how you're doing. Mm. So his recommendation was uh, get on SurveyMonkey or some other survey thing and then ask questions. And ask really the painful questions. Invite criticism. Oh, that's hard. It's really hard. So for you can do that by just saying, what do you not like? You know, what do you like about our recital offerings? Or what do you like about how the studio is 
you know, the location. What do you like about my how I charge tuition or how I collect tuition? What don't you like? Mm. That's different than saying, what would you change? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they'll say, oh, I wouldn't change anything. And that's a right. cop-out answer. By the way, students always lie. Um, they don't mean to, but that's like Dr. House, right? He said every patient lies because they don't really want to tell you because they're afraid they're going to hurt your feelings right? or that they're going to say something that makes them not like you. So they really want you to, be, to like you. They want you to like them, so they'll lie. Right. And they won't really tell you, so make it anonymous. So say, what don't you like and what would you do about it, mm. right? The thing you hate the most. You can use the word hate. Wow. Invite criticism. And they may or may not take you up on it, but you'd be surprised who does. So I asked those questions, and I sent it out, and I got back really interesting stuff. What I really heard was how terrified everybody was of live performing. Oh, right. Terrified. But at the same time, they really wanted to do it. Mm. And I asked them, what is the thing that has disappointed you the most about <gasps> your own music career? Oh, that's a heavy question. Yeah. What, um, what do you really want to do? You know, what's your bucket list goal? And what's going to keep you from doing it? What do you think is going to keep you from doing it? And they all said time. Time and money. Okay. I gave them a few options, too. You can do it as a drop-down. So mm. I figured they would say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't think I'm good enough. Oh. I included that as an option, right? Mm -hmm. You can go ahead and feed them the answers because you're inviting them to be very critical, but that's how you know what's wow. going on. Then when you get that information, you will have to sit with it for a little bit. And it's, it hurts yeah. a little bit because you realize that you've been working so hard to do everything you can for them, and it's still not, you know, it's missing the mark a little bit. Yeah. And you are doing the right thing, and I know that you have your students' interests at heart, and you want to do good stuff. But listen to what they say. What was the most surprising, or some of the most surprising comments that you got that you just was like, like, it smack in the face? Um, I don't like the way that you handle scheduling. That hurt. Oh. And I thought I was doing it great. Um, okay, okay. And a couple of people said, you're, you're, you're moving in a direction I don't want to be in. Wow. I, I, I just want my student to do this recital and be done. And I was challenging, I kind of knew who it was, but I'm challenging this family to have their student do more. And I could tell, oh, you're probably on the way out. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known it until they had stopped paying tuition, right? Right. But at least I got some warning a little but beforehand and I tried you know after that as I kind of realized who it was to make a little more of an effort with that student and ultimately they left but at least I wasn't blindsided by it well isn't that interesting right because sometimes people are like I have no idea the student just dropped out and like I've done like we did that with my son's piano lessons I mean Noah just didn't love them and he we were forcing him to do something and I went you know when I had to tell his teacher oh god I hope he's not listening <laughs> you know it was like yeah it's more of a financial thing for us and we just don't have time and you're in Oakville and blah, 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 blah. but it was like my kid hates lessons you know and it might have been easier to tell him <laughs> anonymous thing I mean I'm sure he's, I'm sure he, he could tell but Right. You know, when we have breakups, right? And the one partner says, It's well, not under me. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. It's what me. do you mean you're breaking up? I thought everything was great. Well, no, it wasn't. But right. you, didn't, you weren't listening. Mm. Or I had no way of telling you. Give them the way to tell you. Well, and you know what? This brings up a really good thing because there are a lot of teachers, and I don't agree with this. I think we should have better relationships with families. But there are a lot of teachers that have closed door policies, and parents are not welcome in the room. <sighs> and then. You, then like I'm like of course they're gonna take off on you you have no idea and then we get angry when they want to ask us questions like like they're inconveniencing us and then it's like well I don't understand why everybody quit during the pandemic teachers you're awesome 
and everybody deserves to see that you are awesome. Mm -hmm. At any time, you can be awesome in front of anybody you want. So don't be afraid of that. Yeah. Um, but, and if a parent says, I would wish I could see what's going on, mm. then be prepared to decide what you're going to do about it. Right. So I now send out a survey um, after I do a showcase, I'll mm -hmm. send it to the participants, mm -hmm. and I'll ask those same questions, kind of, what went well for you personally, mm -hmm. what, whose performance was your favorite, and why. Um, oh, that's great. What song do you want to do next, and uh, what were the things you would change, or what really didn't go well for you? What was the worst moment of the night for you? Mm. Like I say, when I forgot my lyrics, or I saw you know, somebody in the corner you know, making a face at me when I sang a note, and that really hurt. Yes. Things like that. Sometimes we'll, you know, we'll talk as a group when the show is over about a few of those things, but usually we're on a high and we don't talk about the negative stuff. So usually yeah. I'll do it a week or two after. Yeah. Um, but the other survey that I give out every year, I now use Google Forms because I'm cheap. But I just say, let's play. Because that's free, right? Yeah, it's Google free. Forms, yeah. Okay. Yeah, why not? And it works. Yeah. And I can make as many as I want. Um, it's let's plan your musical year. Oh, year. that's a great idea. And I send it out to my studio and anybody can do it. But I also send it out publicly. Mm. So it's kind of it's a little bit of a loss leader for me if anybody's interested in working with me, mm. but it lets them know what I'm doing. But it also I want you to plan your musical year whether it's with me or not. Mm. So let's talk about how last year went. And I asked you know how's your pandemic going, and what musical things have you done this year? What equipment have you bought? Oh, <gasps> great <laughs> question. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally stealing that. Yeah. So it gives me a, a snapshot of where they are in their musical journey. Have you written any songs? Did you write? Did you write lyrics and stick them in your phone? Um, just uh, and I'll make funny little you know questions or whatever, and that'll leave room for other. So if, if those answers don't work, they can tell me what really did happen. And it's anonymous, um, but or they they have an option you know of giving me some information because I do want to talk to them. Of course. But it, I invited almost like a conversation, and then what didn't happen for you musically that you wanted to, and then why do you think that was so? And mm. often it's time, money, um, or I didn't know where to go for that. Mm. And then, based on that, so the things that didn't happen, then we start thinking about what the do happened. So I say, if you fill out the form and turn it in with an email, then you get a free 20-minute online meeting with me to talk about it and to start planning your year. Wow, that is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Well done, Eden. Thank you. And I'll do it with anybody. And they, they want to talk. They do. Yeah. They do. You're right. And that is pretty much the basis of my studio, is helping people plan what they're doing and performing. Mm. I noticed this huge disconnect between everything I was preparing them for vocally. I'm preparing your songs, your voice is in great shape, but where do we send it? Mm. And at the end of a lot of beginning lessons, um, parents would say, oh, this is so great. You know, she's singing so much better. Do you have an idea where I could send her for auditions? Yeah. And I realized I was hearing that all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I would get a group of adults who weren't getting cast in anything mm. because they were aged out of community theater or it just wasn't the kind of shows they were doing and they also didn't really choir was not satisfying right they were in choir for the community aspect right yes. because we want to show recognition and community but it wasn't satisfying their performing need and the need for recognition so uh, wh where can I go mm -hmm. is there anything I can do and there weren't very many open mics mm -hmm. so I realized oh I'm gonna to have to create this yeah. for my studio but I'll invite people from out of my studio to be part of it too hmm. so that way they can see there's an option for them so I do an open mic once a month at a local venue called the Updike Room in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Wow. And it's live karaoke. Anybody can come up. Wow. Now, let me ask you, how many of those people that show up have turned into students? A few. Yeah. Some of my students come because they're using it as a chance to practice performing skills every month, and they really need it, and it's really good for them. 
They practice counting off the band, things like that. Mm. But yes, it is a way for me to get my name out there. And I have my little, you know, QR code right there that you can talk to me more about lessons. Wow. Mm -hmm. Eden. Oh, okay. So in this interview, I'm so glad I don't do video interviews. I have cried. <laughs> my arms have goosebumps. I I just you are doing so much good work and healing work and what a what a what a great what a how brave are you? Cuz cuz that like asking for feedback like that, especially as a as a musician, as a teacher, can be really, really challenging, and it can really cut deep. But it's those, it's that feedback that elicits change and makes us go, okay, you know, I can be resentful about it, or I can actually tr pay attention to this and move into something else for my studio. You really can, teachers. You're capable of so much, and I've seen you. You do wonderful things, and I've ever since I gave that presentation, people have been coming up to me and talking about the alternatives they are providing, and it's so great. It, it doesn't have to be big. Uh, mm -hmm. My big advice is to chunk it down, right? Mm -hmm. You do not have to do a studio-wide recital every year. Make yeah. that every third year. Make it like the Olympics. <laughs> every four years. Every four years. <laughs> because, because they're huge, yeah. like the Olympics. Yeah. And make it the Olympics. You know, I... <laughs> I think we were, I don't know if we were talking about this or it was somebody else, but like the post-recital crash, the emotional and physical crash that you go through, mm -hmm. I know that, and my poor family, you know, especially my husband who was in the band, I mean, I was at absolute terror. So I just want to apologize to you, Sean, because I know you're editing this podcast. I know I am a crazy lady when it comes to recitals. The amount of stress we put on ourselves and I mean... That's a hint. Yeah. If you have that level of stress, something needs to change. And you said something earlier, I think it was before before we started recording. If you have to set up rules... Yes. So, so explain that. If you have to set up rules for your parents of how to behave where to record, um, how long to stay. Mm. If you have to threaten them that if they don't come to the recital, they're out of your studio. If you have to basically you know, create policies and rules around your recital, you, maybe you shouldn't be doing recitals. Not with the entire studio. Let those people go. Let them be optional for your recital. If you have to make a recital mandatory, make attendance mandatory, something is wrong. Nice. Instead, let the people who want to do that kind of an event do it mm -hmm. and let it be a smaller group in your studio who will truly benefit from the experience and have a wonderful time that will make it easier for you and them and then come up with an alternative for the rest. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do that and if I really am not interested in coming up with a rock band for my students, I suggest that you find somebody who does that, find a band willing to do it and then hand them off just for that experience. That's okay. It doesn't mean you have to lose them as students. Yeah. It means that you have to build connections with people in your community who can help you with those alternatives. I am one of those people, actually. I'm in your community uh, because I do this work online. Yes. I help teachers come up with alternatives and figure out who to contact and how to set this stuff up if they're not able to do it for themselves. Oh, Eden, can you let everybody know uh, where they can find and follow you? And you ha people, if you do not go to Eden's YouTube channel, <laughs> you are missing out. So let everybody know where they can find and follow you. All right. I'm on EdenCastile.com is my website, E-D-E-N-C-A-S-T-E-E-L.com. I introduce myself like that at shows now. 
So that's the best way to follow me. I'm on TikTok, uh, Eden Castile, and I'm on Instagram, I think Eden Castile yeah. as well. So those are my three, three favorites. And then Facebook, Eden Castile Music Studio. Uh, but the best way is the website, and my YouTube is Eden Castile. I do do an online show called The Eden Show. I love that. It's really fun. I love that show. And that also grew out of, actually, um, low-latency experiments with Wendy Jones. That's right. Yeah. We, we figured out how to connect together, uh, even though we were 900 miles apart. And then we figured nobody would believe us that we were connecting unless we did it live. <laughs> right. So we did a live stream in December of 2020 of us singing Christmas carols. Yeah. I played and she, we harmonized and she sang in North Carolina and it worked. And I realized, oh, why can't musicians use this all the time for shows, not just for lessons? Because at that point it was all lessons. So I started the Eden Show to prove that you can use this technology. And my first guest was Justin Peterson in Boston, and mm. I was in Rhode Island. And I played country tunes because I knew he loved Patsy. Oh Klein. yes. Yeah. One of my students is my MC, so he gets announcing experience from doing that. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, he's a lawyer, so I call him my personal lawyer MC. Uh, but he's actually <laughs> a student of mine, Dan Chaka. And we have a great time. And some of my students have been my guests, so that way they can practice that skill of performing. So when they're near me, they're sitting in the studio with me, and I play songs, and they hold the mic, and they interact live uh, on, the, on the stream. But then if they're remote, then I teach them how to use the tech, and then we do the same thing remote. The only rule about my show is that I must play live. Oh, what? What a world we live in. And, you know, I mean, none of this, none of this would have happened without what we've gone through and being challenged. Well, no, sorry, strike that. Being forced out of our comfort zones. Yes. Out of our comfort zones. Like, that's when, that's when amazing things can happen. When we are literally, this is not an option for me anymore and I got to figure something else out. Shout out to all of you who did virtual recitals yes. these past couple of years. Shout out for all of the video work that you had to learn oh. how to do in a week. I salute you. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. That's why I do my show live. I hate editing. Oh, <laughs> really? It's, it is. Yeah. I, I, it's a lot of work. Full disclosure, Sean took care of that for me, and I don't know what I would have done without the, the hours he put in. My last big studio uh, recital, everybody did self-tapes, but Sean mixed and mastered and it sounded incredible and in the chat box parents were like because you know parents were putting it up on their big screen yes. tvs and i did a hot chocolate popcorn recital yes and i i shipped i i either dropped it off or I shipped, mailed to families, a pack, packages of hot chocolate and a package of popcorn. That's so good. And then I put draw tickets oh. in the in the envelope. So and then I had a spinny wheel, and then I had a draw for prizes. That is so good. I'm stealing that. Totally. And and it was like, and I could see in the Zoom room, I could see the kids were like with their <laughs> tickets, and like little Brianna won, and she was like she jumped off of her couch and her parents were clapping like they're all muted but like it was so much fun was it a crap ton of work oh my gosh like and i was terrified because uh i had packaged up the popcorn and hot chocolate and i got good hot chocolate by the way i got okay. like the starbucks hot chocolate nice. and it's not not the dollar store hot chocolate good. i got stuff swill that's gross so I like packaged up the popcorn, but that was back when shipping was a mess and oh. Canada Post was like really suffering. And I literally sent it like a week and a half before. <laughs> and the day of, I was like, 
just checking with people. Did you get your package? Like, no, they didn't get their package. I was like, no, it's gonna ruin it. But then it was like, hey, it came today, and I was like, it's a Christmas miracle. Oh, thank you, Canada Post. But yeah, it was. Uh, it's an interactive it, moment. Yeah, it is. It is. And we learned how important interaction is and how important community is when we lost it. Yes. Or it was taken from us for yes. a while. And that there are lots of ways to make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's been the really fun thing is to watch people come up with ingenious ideas like that to keep that sense of community. And what I would love to see is keep that going, mm -hmm. right? That's what we, why we do what we do. Keep that going. And I don't want you to go back to the way you did before. I want you to make it better. Yeah. You yeah. totally can. So it's, yeah. So the last song I did on that show was it was a version of We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> yes. I like can writing you, parodies. Can you, can you just, do you mind singing a bit of your parody? Because I was dying. All of So Eden wrote all of these parodies in her presentation and sang them, inserted them throughout her presentation, which I thought was... They're all going to wind up online. They will. Um, I'm going to redo them all. Like, probably oh, good, videos. good, good. Yeah. Um, where is it? Sanctuary. Okay. One, two, three. Sanctuary Music Hall, middle of the shopping mall, tea dance temple, barbershop four, jazz band, campfire, Mormon tabernacle choir, live stream show on YouTube and more. James Carden in my car, karaoke at the bar, school of rock, TikTok, busking downtown. Fields trip to see a show, live request on Vimeo, guesting at a church, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. We're giving non-recitals, performing nowadays can happen many ways. We're giving non-recitals, your students want to do it, so let's get to it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how you got all those words out. Because <laughs> the original was hard enough to sing. Exactly. I, did, I would work on that one a little bit, but I have, I have like, I wrote 20 songs for this darn thing. And because once I started thinking about it, um, I realized there were lots of ways to get at this point, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're all show up at, at different points. I was going to have my teacher friends, Nikki Loney, sing some of them. Uh, so maybe I'll make that happen. I will be very happy to do that. It's so fun to be creative. Please don't make me sing She Used to, she used to Be it Fine. It used to be fine. It used to be fine. Well, you know who was going to sing that? Well, who? Dr. Shannon Coates. Oh. I'd pay to see that. Yes, she did. She actually sent me a video of her practicing it. Oh. I was so impressed. And uh, yeah. kept her busy. So. I, lo I love it. I love it. <laughs> Eden, I, you, this has been a, a really beautiful podcast, and I have gone through an emotional roller coaster here on the couch here in Chicago. The work you're doing is powerful, and you are changing you are changing the landscape of offerings for a lot of teachers who might not have had the courage or maybe felt that it's too much work or I just can't do that. But you've really brought some important uh, ideas and, and again, the, the courage to, to send out a survey to truly discover what people are feeling. I know, friends, that that would be a terrifying thing, but you're going to know what you need to know so i think that is just so helpful will you come back will you come back and talk to us on the podcast again like, absolutely I, I can't thank you enough for this absolutely I, I love being on your podcast and i love sharing the good news of what we are all doing oh. there's so much good there's so much happiness happy singing right happy singing it's it is it's such a happy thing and you can happiness comes in many forms many oh. forms i look forward to seeing what everybody does
A very special thank you to Eden for that incredible, inspiring conversation. Be sure to find and follow Eden Castile. Check out her YouTube channel and her Facebook Lives are so much fun. Now, before I let you go, my special guest next time on the Full Voice Podcast is the Dr. Geneva Williams, and she is talking all about happy singing. Here's a clip from our upcoming show. I suppose the broader topic is how to be nice to people. How to be nice to people and get the most out of them. (laughs) So (laughs) if you're trying to teach somebody Mm -hmm. to do something, Mm -hmm. if you're nice to them, they'll learn better. Mm. It'll be more effective. And they'll remember it. And they'll enjoy the process. So there's a bit of science behind it, which is where the hormones come in, or rather the neurotransmitters, Mm. to get it absolutely right. So the neurotransmitters are the chemicals in the brain that help the synapses to talk to each other. Mm. So when we're forming ideas in the brain, when we're forming pathways, which is what we're doing when we're learning, Mm -hmm. those will be formed much quicker and more effectively if the messages travel through the neurons Mm. more quickly. Mm -hmm. And they travel through the neurons and from one neuron to the next neuron much quicker if there's the right environment at the end of those synapses. Mm. And that's where the neurotransmitters come in. Mm. And when you're happy, you get a wash of happy hormones coming in Mm. that create this perfect bath around the end of the the neurons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That means the messages go zip, zip, really quick through your brain and you learn. Interesting. So you learn much more effectively when you are happy. That's episode 169 coming up next time on the Full Voice Podcast. Friend... As always, I am wishing you fabulous performances and recitals and recital alternatives for your teaching studio. Inspired teaching and happy singing.